You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Friday night, and it's time for chaos. Let me ask you guys: uh, Are you guys, any of you, procrastinators? I have been a procrastinator my entire life, and I've gotten better. Oh, age has made me slightly better, but there's some things that you just you can't you can't stop procrastinating about. Is one is like if I have to make a phone call to do something, I will procrastinate to the last possible second, and sometimes even if it costs me money. I just don't make the phone call because I don't want to be on the phone with anyone. Like, I've got this call I've got to make, and I have until January 27th. Uh, it's kind of important. And uh, I just, every day, I'm like, ah, tomorrow. It's, I don't want to make this call, and I don't know what it is. So I guess it's a two-part question. You don't have to be a procrastinator. Do you just hate talking on the phone? First, procrastinators. I can't talk on the phone. It's just, it's. I hate it. I, I would rather do anything else than talk on the phone. But that is the one part of procrastination that is dry. Dragged into my old age. Uh, Rob, you're a procrastinator? Oh, yeah. Um, although recently, uh, my wife's therapist diagnosed me, which is always great. Uh, <laughs> Over drinks. Yeah, just no, just like having heard about me. Uh, <laughs> and she, I guess she even prefaced you it with diagnosed like, in absentia. Yes. Yeah, her and, therapist. I mean, she even said like. I don't usually do this, but uh, <laughs> after reading your husband's bio, after this hearing about this asshole you're married to, uh, she thinks I have ADHD, mm-hmm. uh, which when I heard that, suddenly like a lot of things clicked into place. <laughs> like uh, like all the tumblers in a lock just went, and I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's what's going on. Um, so I'm in the middle of exploring that. So it could be related, but yeah, I feel like I'm always... Zipping around. Also, sidebar, don't like talking on the phone either. Yeah. It's brutal. Those days are over. Yeah. I, now you got to do Zoom, which is whatever, but uh, sure. that's that's even worse. Kate, you're a uh, you know, fellow Virgo. It doesn't seem like in our nature to be procrastinators, right? but As are you? For, when you first said that, I was like, no, I have so many to-do lists. You should see my personal notebook. I've got projects. I have my own Kanban board, but uh, yeah, I like... I have this thing I do where every beginning of the year, I'm like, I need to go to all my doctor's appointments because I haven't gone in a while. (laughs) And I schedule them all. And it's like a very stressful experience. It takes four minutes. Um, But I procrastinate on it. And then I'm also currently procrastinating on finishing house stuff. So I guess Mm -hmm. I do do that. But funny thing, my therapist also did a similar thing to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is funny. Interesting. Also, um, ADHD or just like yes, ADHD. Oh, oh, really? Oh, hell yeah! yeah. Talk. <laughs> do you? Uh, what about the phone, Kate? Do you like talking on the phone to people? Anyone? No, no, yeah. and it's awful because my my next door neighbor, whom I have adopted, um, is a child. Is the child like, living alone? No, it's a man who has a lot of his family either it's sad uh, died or like uh, lives in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, and he was really close with the woman who lived in my house before, so oh, we wow. have. 
fulfilled that role, but he does not know how to use like technology. I had to make him an email address. Um, I don't think he'll ever watch oh. this, <laughs> but um, he does not know how to text. He only calls. And every time he calls, it's just, uh, please don't like, I'd have to move or burn down my house with me in it that rather than have to take any phone calls, but you're yeah. a, you're a saint. Uh, Nora, I feel like you're just on the ball or is that just the vibe you give? Phone that calls is, aside, procrastinator? That is indeed just the vibe because as somebody who has <laughs> known they've had ADHD for a long time now, not as a child, like as an adult, I've, I've discovered this. Uh, everything, like literally every aspect of my life is till the very last moment, like in a, I'll spend all this time having anxiety over the things that I know uh. I must do that are piling on. And then I'll have like a brief spurt of like of intense focus on the project and I'll get everything knocked out and I'll be like super hyper fixated on something. And then it's back to procrastination. It's so but also brutal. fuck phone calls. I hate phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> I've always hated phone calls and they, it seems like as time progresses, it'll just get worse because it's, it's the more time goes on, the more and more it's animate, uh, not animated, um, automated. And like I, for me, like not being able to speak to a human being when I, when it would take two seconds for me to just explain it and get it taken care of. Uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, my blood boiling is just thinking about, it. I don't, I don't yeah. Yeah. I would rather do anything fashioned. in the world than a half to like get a problem solved via phone call. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the modern age. Nobody wants to sit on the phone and do things. But unfortunately, I think what's happened, especially after uh, COVID is like, we've forgot how to talk to each yeah. other. Um, and so the phone was like our only lifeline. But even that, we were like, can I just go back to being in my pajamas and drinking at 11 in the morning? Um, <laughs> Why? Well, it's funny because I remember in, like, in high school, <laughs> you know, you'd like call your buddy and chit chat for a while. On even, the football like, phone call. from Sports Illustrated. Oh yeah, I got the football phone, got the one that looks like a, a lips kissing. I didn't have that. Uh, <laughs> remember it. And Garfield. Uh, any number, totally any combination. Sharon one where you see all the circuitry. Yeah, that one I had. Yeah, the cool yeah, one. I listed after that one. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Just it's walk talking, around your room. Maybe it's talking without seeing someone. Like, we're so used to being on video calls and stuff now. Because, like, I talk to my friends on the phone still, but it's through, like, video chat all the time. I couldn't yeah. imagine talking to them on the on the telephone. I'd, I'd freak out. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no context to, like, how they're – receiving yeah. all this information right. like are they rolling their eyeballs are they it's just it's very old-fashioned uh ross are you a, a procrastinator who hates phone calls as well i'm sorry that we i wish i could be out of step with the group but we are a united front <laughs> um, yes um absolutely have like n near panic attacks of anxiety putting off stuff into the last minute and then totally like going going hard entering the scene from the last five minutes of 2001 to get it done. And then, uh, but yeah, if, if I don't, I need, I need to manufacture all kinds of like structures in order to like make it happen. But, um, phones, once I'm actually on the call, it doesn't really bother me, but I'm totally become one of those people where if my phone rings, my initial reaction is like, Ugh! like, uh, I yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah, like, that's, it's never good. Yeah. Is, never uh, good. Why? And, um, and just like, you know, oh my God, if I have to, if there's a problem that needs solving and I'm on the phone with someone who's like, please state your name, Ross. 
I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Can you please stay? I'm just like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm My- the person that's like, speak to a representative. Speak yeah. to a representative. I will say when I do finally, and it's only with customer service people. I become the most charming, confident person I've ever been in my life. And it's only, and maybe it's because it's on the phone and they can't see me or something like that. But I'm like, hey, wait, wait how's your day going? All right. Like, I don't give a fuck and really open up. Uh, probably why I need to find my own therapist. <laughs> like, you're, you're practicing a new you with a stranger. Yeah, you like, never they don't know to how again. shitty I am. <laughs> Start from scratch. Yeah. I have not brutal. been diagnosed, nor if I, has someone else diagnosed me with, uh, ADHD without meeting me, but who who knows, man? I'll talk I'm, to my wife's therapist. We'll see yeah, if we can get could, that. Could you just, <laughs> if you could describe me to her so she could describe yes. me to him, uh, yeah. let, let me know. I, I mean, like, well, why don't you just go talk to the therapist? Absolutely not. I hate phone. No, not on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Maybe the, it's just something that attracts people to this game or, or, or something else, but it seems like a lot of people, uh, adults who play these games are like either self-diagnosed ADHD or have been diagnosed later in life as ADHD. And uh, it's just like more and more people are this is uh, this is happening i also wonder if it's the garbage we've eaten for the like the past 30 years that has somehow changed our brain chemistry definitely not because uh why why Uh, we all of a sudden all have adhd it's pretty crazy the the way we learn the amount of screens that we're surrounded with the amount of distracting things that are pulling our brains in every direction i think of the way that like people were educated and like like at the time that this game is set and you hear about just like how capacious people's memories were that like if if you went to if you got an english degree in like 1900 then you could just peel off like reams of 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 text that you'd committed mm-hmm. to memory and before that even i don't know i'm not I, i'm like i'm reading a i'm reading a book right now called the kalevala which is this uh finnish uh saga and it's supposed <laughs> to be like like all these Finnish folk tales that were like passed by oral tradition for centuries before anyone wrote them down. And there are all these like Finnish scalds who could just like sp- speak and sing for hours stuff that they had he- heard. And an entire culture was transmitted only by memory. And wow. I feel like now we like. I had I had many phone numbers in my head. I was pre, just thinking about that. Pre <laughs> iPhone. Yep. I don't know anyone's phone number. I remember like, song dumbest, lyrics. Dumbest like numbers. I remember being song lyrics, like having all, so many song lyrics memorized right. yep. from listening to them. And now I'm just like I, I can't. I no. I think Every Mortal also, Kombat fatality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it also contributes to like the uh, patience that you have for like social. Uh, niceties and like why maybe why we're the we're, we're maybe the new normal and I don't know what we do and what we're uh what we don't like talking on the phone and all of that yeah I guess this is what's normal and we're just have to, our parents can't understand it we're the uh, normal ones we're the normal ones not you uh mm. as a side note uh do you guys know the story about uh the Garfield phones that have washed up on the shores of a French beach for the past 30 years. No. <laughs> All right. What? So I, I won't get into it now, but it's just a little fun thing to check out. I think they recently solved why, but there's a French beach that like for the past like three decades, Garfield phones have been washing up on the shore, <laughs> like Garfield phones from the 1980s and not like a couple, like hundreds. And they just keep washing up 
on the shore. And I think someone, Whoa. they recently figured out why, but it was like a, a 30 plus year mystery as to why these Garfield phones. It was Garfield a lost phones. shipping oh container. Yeah. Yep. It's just crazy. Yeah, so it. people like all these old Garfield phones. Uh, wow. anyway, sadly, there are no Garfield phones in England. Uh, there are only, um, apparitions and horrible things and sanity <laughs> loss. Uh, yeah. before I get into a recap, cause I always forget, let's do a luck, uh, a luck roll here. Let's see if you, uh, mm-hmm. get any luck, cause you're gonna need every bit of it. Uh, you know, it's funny as you're doing your luck roll, remember you've got to fail on this luck roll. And if you fail, give yourself a D10 back. As, uh, as I was, we finished last week's app. I was like, oh man, that was a departure from the first three apps, which just kind of felt like a roller coaster. Last step, we were kind of like all over the place, a lot of like, oh, you, please come back tomorrow. You made your appointment. And it, it, it may have seemed like, oh, did we, did we accomplish anything? And then, you know, Michael back behind the scenes here sends a, uh, a recap of the episode. And I'm reading through it. I'm like, this is one of those apps. Last week was one of those apps where you'll, I think you'll appreciate it even more in about 10 apps. There was so many little things that you touched upon. So many little things that came out that may mean nothing now, uh, that hopefully, uh, unlike a phone number will linger in your memory, uh, for the next few weeks. Um, but we began last week, uh, in Miles Shipley's apartment. You were investigating one of the leads that Jackson Elias uh, seemed to be interested in during his visit to the uh, the Scoop, a little uh, National Enquirer-type magazine here, newspaper in London. So you go, and it's like this artist who's tapped into another world. He's producing this amazing art, and people are buying it. Famous people are buying it. It's this big deal. What is Jackson interested in this? So you go there. He's got a sweet little kindly old lady lets you in. Well, the lady is clearly a lizard person, you find out. And uh, and you kill uh, this uh, creature, which you now know was named Sathasa. And Miles is left alive and he's begging for his life. And he explains to you that, uh, Sathasa like came to him, uh, in the guise of a man at a bar and like, uh, said, I'll show you how to be a great painter and then revealed himself, uh, to Miles and basically used powers and drugs to dominate Miles and to kind of show him a world before human history, a world that no one, most people walking around don't even know exists, a world that may not exist, except in the minds of the people who have seen beyond uh, the great tapestry. And uh, in exchange for that, Miles just had to uh, bring uh, people off the street for Sathasa to feast on every once in a while. Pretty fair trade. Um, so the uh, the street worker's uh, body you found in the basement that was dismembered was just like a, a week-long meal that Sathasa was working on. You see there's a locked door in the attic and you 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 get the key and you open the door and there is a painting in there and Miles tells you oh it's not done yet uh, you don't you shouldn't even look at it it's not done yet it's it's going to be my great work and Sathasa commanded me to draw it um it's called the serpent's altar and uh, as you look at it you start to feel sick to your stomach and and you start to feel some of you that you're being pulled into this swampy scene with serpents and you hear this buzzing sound Break out of there. At the end of the day, you're like, should we kill this guy? Or do we can't bring him to the cops? We don't want to like, we've been in London for six hours. What do we do? So you just drop him off at a uh, asylum, local asylum run by nuns. And uh, they take him in. That was on Wednesday, your first day in England. On day two, Thursday, February 5th, 1925, you take a visit 
the Penhew Foundation. It was in, uh, I think Jonah Kensington uh, gave you a, a card, uh, or maybe you found it in Jackson's apartment. I'm not sure where you got it, uh, but you found a, a card for the Penhew Foundation uh, with a Mr. Edward Gavigan uh, like director of the foundation on it. So you need to follow up on that lead. And you also know that Sir Aubrey Penhew, who was one of the members of the Carlyle Expedition, was the former uh, director and, and, and the creator of this foundation. So you go there, you meet with a man named Thomas Kinnery, a man who you're having trouble remembering his name, and you request uh, an audience with Edward Gavigan. Um, you drop the names of Erica Carlyle, you drop uh, the names of Jackson Elias, uh, and he says, well, uh, Mr. Gavigan's free uh, tomorrow, uh, 2 p.m., uh, uh, you can come by uh, on Friday. You can have an appointment with him. And uh, you decide to check out the Egyptian collection. So you explore the Egyptian exhibit upstairs. You know, nothing really jumps out at you. You do notice um, someone uh, taking uh, an artifact away and bringing it to a locked room. You question one of the security guards there, and they're like, oh, visiting scholars from time to time can have supervised, like, one-on-one -on -one time with one of the, some of these artifacts, but it's all done behind closed doors. That kind of is interesting to you. You wonder, well, what is that guy so interested in? Maybe it's just a scholar. Maybe it's nothing. Uh, meanwhile, Feyruz sort of solicits Vaughn's help to try and track down the name of a British soldier who was stationed in Egypt. Uh, this is a soldier that may, may have had an affair with Feyruz's mother. Uh, then you head over to the London Library to gather some information and you discover some more things about the Penhew Foundation. Uh, you know, you, you learn more about Sir Aubrey Penhew, uh, who oversaw and funded all these expeditions to Egypt, how he was there in the Carl Expedition and was murdered. You kind of all knew this. Edward Gavigan became the director afterwards. You learn about the goals of the Penhew Foundation, grants, uh, assistance with planning expeditions, and you find out that they have uh, uh, probably had uh, several expeditions as of late, and 20 people have died as a part of those expeditions, which, you know, it's probably dangerous work. That's not crazy, but as you read further, you realize that the deaths were almost all um, murders or suicides. So that kind of raises a red flag. Uh, and then Vaughn, uh, on the way back, steps away and uh, buys an engagement ring uh, for uh, Feyruz. And uh, then you call Scotland Yard to try and set up an appointment with Inspector Barrington, another one of your leads. You don't get through. And so you're like, all right, well, tomorrow we've got an appointment with Edward Gavigan. Maybe we'll just swing by Scotland Yard. London is your oyster. In the meantime, you go to sleep in the Waldorf. And that is where we pick up today. Anybody make any improvements on their luck? Yeah. So ridiculous. Got, I got 10, baby. Oh, 10! Nice. Wow. Yep. Fantastic. I have an 8 luck right now, and I'm like, this is the day. I rolled a 2. So no, I don't get any luck today. Wow. Oh, man. Um, all right, so let's see here. Uh, you guys are at the Waldorf. Do we have any good pictures of like the Waldorf in London? I know we had pictures of uh, the Waldorf in New York. Oh, there's one. A little bit different from the uh, Waldorf in New York, but uh, that's uh, give you a little visual representation of what we're looking at here. Cool. So, anyways, you um, you go down to sleep for the night after a uh, fun first day. Usually, first day you relax, maybe go get some groceries for the trip. But no, you guys decided to go uh, have a combat with strangers. Um, <laughs> but you you lay down, go to sleep, and it's not long before. Margot and Feyruz, you awake 
to hear uh, this faint buzzing sound, reminiscent of the sound you heard when you looked at that painting in Miles Shipley's attic, the painting that was locked behind a door. And when you viewed that painting, as I said, you, I think you succeeded on your power rolls. There were sanity rolls, there were power rolls. Um, but either way, you just felt uh, sick to your stomach and you felt uh, like you were, you were you were being pulled into the painting, like the painting was, was calling to you in some way. This, this serpent's altar, this swampy area with all of these serpents and unidentifiable flora and fauna with a single stone altar in the middle. So you hear that sound again, then, and you follow it uh, into the common area of your suite where you see a high-backed chair with a lone, tall, figure sitting in it. What do you do? Faerus grabs the nearest like lamp sitting on a <laughs> sitting on a stand or a table <laughs> slowly approaching behind. I think Margot at first is like blinking like is this really happening and then sees you grab a lamp and a, uh, grabs the telephone. Okay. Grab a lamp and a telephone, and you start creeping towards this figure. And as you approach, there's this moment where you get the sensation like the world is turning around, like over and around on itself, like a like a gyroscope. Uh, again, this feeling of queasiness envelops you, and suddenly you find that both of you are now on the other side of the room or the room has turned and you've remained in place it's a very disorienting feeling but but then the the room itself has changed no longer are you in a, the hotel common room but you look around and find yourselves in a vast temple of some sort the only remnant of the hotel uh, that you notice is, uh, you know, in front of you, there are several steps leading up to a dais where that tall, high back chair sits. And sitting atop this throne uh, is a figure that at first looks like uh, they're all dressed in black except for a gold, like, headdress crown and, 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 and gold inlaid decorative robes. But then you realize that the figure isn't garbed in black, but embodies blackness. And it's not like its its skin is black like an African-American man, but you get the sense that you're staring at, at something or someone that is made of pure ebony, a, a being whose color can best be described not so much as black, but like the absence of color. And you're just in shock staring at this it's like your brain the best your brain can do it it feels feeble in the presence of this being is just call it black but it's so much more and you can't tell if the inscrutable visage of the figure is staring at you or not you can't even make out a face you do however watch as it slowly lifts up its hand and reaches out towards both of you make a power roll Oh, okay. No. This can Here we only go. be good. Come on, roll twenty. Don't screw me. <laughs> uh, power. Don't screw me now. Yeah, give me a sweet little power roll. 
an extreme success yep. for Feyruz. Oh, really? I got a 78 under 85, so regular. A regular success. Okay. All right, here's what I'll say. Uh, Feyruz, you look over at Margot, and Margot is like, Margo, you feel yourself shaking. And Margo, you look down, your skin starts to feel hot, and 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 you you feel your clothing start to rip. And and you you look down, you see your your the clothing you're wearing is like uh, ripping because your flesh is expanding outward, and it's sort of tearing at the fabric of your clothing until it rips open. You don't have any time to fuss about being exposed because you look down and you see your skin is changing. It's taking on this like purple, almost bruised uh, coloring, but the texture is changing as well. And Feyruz, you're just watching this. It's like a texture almost reminiscent of the serpents you saw in the painting, but also, uh, and it's great that this is happening to you, like it kind of reminds you of when you were on the balcony in the Waldorf, New York, oh. and that giant winged creature came flying at you, crashing through the glass. It's that same sort of texture, and uh, you you also feel like your neck is getting longer, and Feyruz, you see this transformation happening. And then there's this like white hot pain in your scapular region, and Feyruz, you see like two swollen mounds on her back, burst open with like leather and bone just erupting from her shoulders and Margot you cry out in pain and it feels like you're gargling acid in your throat uh, Carter and Vaughn give me a listen roll <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what if I don't I would, want to I would try to do a gargle yes. scream for you but I don't know if I can do that on camera Am I able to do something here in this situation, or am I just like frozen? What is your what? Do, what do you feel like doing in this situation? As you see this happening, because the transformation it takes it's faster than the way I'm describing. It's just. Like, I feel like I would maybe try to do that, like jump, tackle, protect. All right, so you go to move towards her, and it's that feeling like uh, you're run- like a dream feeling, like you're running towards something, and it keeps getting farther away, and it keeps getting farther away to the point where not only does uh, Margot look far away, but that figure on the dais looks far away as well. And as you're trying to run towards it, you're like running further and further back. You see the figure step off the dais and begin walking towards Margot. Uh, Vaughn and Carter, what did you get on your listen roll? I failed. 60 over 30. I got a regular success. All right, so Vaughn, you're just off in dreamland. Uh, Ah, You know, if anybody needs sleep, it's (laughs) old Vaughn. He's used to hearing screams in his sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Carter will say that you awake to not only a sound, but a feeling, like almost like an earthquake, like there's tremors. You wake up and you look down and you feel like the bed is shaking, but then you think, and I've had this sensation before, I'm like, is the world shaking right now or is it just, am I too caffeinated? Like, you're not sure, but you hear a sound coming from the other room that sounds like a rumble, but like almost like a laugh as well. I I could never do it the way it's in my head, but it's kind of like this... And it's coming from the uh, common area. You look over at Vaughn, and Vaughn is peacefully sleeping. Do we, are we in twin beds, or are we sharing one? You're in a, you're in, you're in a uh, king head to toe. Oh, no, you, uh, <laughs> you're, you have two beds in there. Or you're like on a divan. And so we're like I Love Lucy style? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bert and Ernie. 
Neighboring <laughs> <laughs> twins. C and V above your beds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Vaughn! Vaughn! And I, I throw a pillow at Vaughn. That wakes no, you. No, you couldn't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a god's name, Tilly Hat. Something's going on. We got it. Something's going on in the living room. And then I start putting on my pants over what I imagine is one uh, onesie underwear. <laughs> With suspenders. Uh, Vaughn <laughs> throws off the covers, re- revealing impeccable silk pajamas. <laughs> and um, it hops out of bed. It's like, and am I also hearing this? Yeah, at the, now that you're awake, you not only hear it, but you feel it as well, this rumbling. I don't know uh, if you've ever experienced an earthquake in London uh, during your time there in England, uh, but the, the world feels like it's shaking almost imperceptibly. What do you guys do? Rush into the living room? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so you guys rush into the living room, and you see uh, Feyruz sort of like, she looks taller than she's ever looked, and she's standing uh, straight, and her eyes are open, but there are no pupils there. It's just pure white. And uh, if you come around, you notice that it, it almost looks like she is floating off the ground, just... Meanwhile, you look over at Margot, and Margot is just, like, tearing at her clothing, and her mouth is wide open, screaming in terror, but no sound is coming out. It's like the Edward Monk painting. She's just like... You don't see any of the temple. You don't see any sort of uh, transformation. That is what you see. Um, What do you do? And there's no other person in the room? No other person. There's an empty high-back chair. Was the chair there before? Or it was, is... yes. It was okay, very nice. Okay. You got a very nice room. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there's a couple sofas, oh, a, a high back chair. Uh, you requested oh, yeah, the chair, sweetie. No Holy shit. Uh, it's got four legs chairs. on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Vaughn will, I mean, uh, sees, I mean, beholds this tableau, and uh, I mean, this is right out of, like, the worst kind of satanic nightmare and um he's going to go to one of, I guess go to Feruz and see if he can like pull her back down to earth okay yeah uh, snap out of this I don't know what your heights are uh, maybe they're similar um but like right now she's she's above you and you do see that she is floating off the ground so almost like a balloon that's just like going up you grab it before it goes too high and you place her down on the ground but she's still like locked in some sort of trance state. Um, Mr. Braun. Mr. Braun, wake up. Um, uh, uh, and I'm seeing if I can almost like get her into a reclining position. It's almost like I'm seeing, trying to help someone who's seizing or having some sort of rictus overtake them. Um, okay, you uh, you bring her like over to the to the couch and her body begins to like uh, melt into your hands a little bit. And as you get her to the couch, you see her starting to come too. And at that same moment, you feel what feels like a a, a hot poker in your side, just oh. like like someone poking you like marking you or something. He's like, ah! So much so that you buckle to the ground. Yeah. You don't take any damage, um, but she seems to be safe, and you turn, and there's nothing there. And I, yeah, I'm like gaping in the direction that this, that it felt like I was stabbed. And there's nothing there? Nothing there. Carter, you rush to Margot, or you're yeah, just oh, yeah. standing there staring at her? She's yeah, just- 
I, I rushed to Margo, but after I, I kind of see what happened with Vaughn and the and the hot poker or whatever, <laughs> he's feeling the metaphorical metaphorical poking. Uh, I would love to grab like a. Do we have like a? I mean, it's the Waldo Astoria. Is there a jug of water? <laughs> Um, like, yeah, I think there would probably be a, maybe a basin or a, a glass mm-hmm. left over, maybe a yeah. glass of gin when the ice is melted. There's some water yeah. in there. Uh, okay, great. Margo, baby, wake up! And then I throw the like contents of it into her face. You throw the contents of the melted gin and ice cubes yeah. into her <laughs> yeah. face, and it hits you, Margo, and you come to and collapse to the floor. And Carter, you Carter see this. Carter looks inside the glass like, what the fuck was in this? <laughs> You see this, Vaughn, and may, maybe you notice a second later, Margo's laying on the ground, now wet, and there is smoke coming off the area where the water hit her. Whoa. Okay. Uh, I'm... I mean, if if it looks as though um, Feroz is, is settled and pupils and irises have returned to the whites of her eyes, perhaps... Um, I mean, the the rosary is coming out, and he's fully kind of like brandishing it into the room, um, uh, and just almost declaiming, out there, like, "You have no, you have no power here." Ba- oh Jesus, Vaughn! <laughs> please not now, man. Come on, keep it together. I'm assuming Feruz is still out, kind of like out. Uh, I, I would say you're, you're coming too, um, but it's that um, it's kind of it doesn't feel like you're coming out of a dream. Everything feels very, very real, but you don't you don't know how you got there. So you're like, what? You're very disoriented. Vaughn, Vaughn, Saint Michael, Archangel and Warrior of God, uh, Jesus, um, Margo, where's Margo? Is is Margo still out? Margo, you are starting to come to as well, and you just see like a, a thin haze rising from your body. Do I feel hot? Uh, you still feel a burning in your mouth, uh, sort of akin to uh, acid reflux. Um, and the yeah, you're the water on you. It feels like someone threw uh, not burning hot water, but hot water on you. Or pissed on you? Did somebody piss on Margo? Uh, that's what it feels like. Like it just feels we like done warm. That since the DMV <laughs> feels like warm water. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, so so is she visibly like like the 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 little like steam that's coming off of her. She's like visibly like hot. So uh, it, it yeah, like you don't feel like you're burning. It looks like you threw acid on her, um, but she's coming to and just disoriented. But she doesn't seem to be physically harmed okay uh, maybe uh, Carter uh, grabs a like a throw pillow and like takes the the case off of it so he's just got the pillowcase and like tries to grab Margot and I want to start dragging her into the bathroom okay um, her she was like tearing at her clothes they're not off but they're like I'm so sorry torn. Uh, yeah I'm not seeing anything what's um. happening <laughs> she would just throw on me as you're dragging her. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, I, I might get like a, de- a decanter of something and I'm pouring, pouring a glass, turning on electric lights, walking over to uh, Feroz and just like, here, here, sit, sit. C- collect yourself, Mr. Braun. What? There, 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 there was, 
there was some something, someone, some entity. I don't, I don't know. I had no control. Had no control over what what we were seeing, what was happening. Why couldn't I tried to run and save Margot? I couldn't even. I, was, I, I couldn't get to her, Ron. I couldn't get to her. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. Sit, relax, calm, calm your nerves. <sighs> I'm, 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 I'm beginning to have a deeper understanding, uh, Miss Chabron, of the forces with which we are contending. You feel them, don't you? They're, they're, from the moment we arrived here, there have been eyes on us. Yes. They're, 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 I, I, I perpetually feel as though I'm being watched. And the... The instruments and acolytes of the, of the evil one are legion and many. They take on many forms. We, we are some of the unhappy few who have seen them manifest... But and, and and this means that, that 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 we are all the more susceptible to them. But 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 I believe that this means that we are that we are perhaps endowed with the power to do combat with them. How? How have you seen? You've seen what these things are. We don't even know. We don't even know what they're capable of. Vaughn, Vaughn, I've seen things. We've all seen things that we have no idea. We've no idea how powerful they are, and they have this power over us. How? How is it possible that we have any chance to defeat anything like this? Uh, um, what, what did you see? <sighs> A little help? Anybody want to... My lower back is shot, man. Yes. I'm just trying to get her into the bathroom and just cool her down. Hold that thought. What the fuck are you guys talking about? I don't feel hot. I don't feel hot. Fairies, uh, okay, like, is she like is, one of the drinks? Yes, <laughs> yourself. Uh, is she yeah. burning underneath the the pillowcase? No, like if you pull her over to the bathroom and you like lean her up against the tub. I don't know if you're planning to like just put cold I was gonna water. Throw on. the cold sh- shower on. Yeah, her like yeah. she feels warm to the touch. She doesn't feel hot, but she's telling you like I'm I'm I'm, I'm not hot. I'm not hurt. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Then, then, then this was all stupid. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we could. Uh, sorry, go ahead. here. You go, Mark. Frown line. Go ahead and stand up here. Um, um, where's where's Feruz? Um, uh, I don't know. They're having a big chat right now in the living room. Let's resting, go. resting. I think they're both um, there. Uh, in the, is, there's a temple. Um, there's a man in the chair. Is the chair gone? No, the chair's there. I mean, you think back to that, uh, what you saw, that vision, and the chair was uh, the same height and everything, but it definitely appeared more like a throne. Whoa. Yeah, there was a figure in the chair, and it reached out, and I started turning into something? I I think? I don't know. What, like a... Just your personality was changing, or are you just a full-on? You're talking about a, some sort of physical metamorphosis. No, <laughs> that's not um, how you say that. My my skin was ex, was expanding, oh. and then it felt like there was acid in my throat. Oh my god! And I felt like I was growing wings or something. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's let's get back into the living room here. Jesus. Um, 
Um, Margo and Feyruz give me a sanity check. <laughs> oh, boy. Feyruz, it seemed so real what you were watching. It didn't seem like a dream. And even where you're standing now, even though you're not in that temple anymore, like it just, it feels like you never moved, that, that everything that happened was real. Why is, uh, I wrote, I got another um, extreme success. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like I, <laughs> I don't feel like I could snap out of something like that so easily. Well, but. maybe yeah. extreme success still loses you points. I also got an eight so an extreme yes. wow you guys are just desensitized to this you <laughs> oh, just lose one hardy. sanity point uh, for that it could have been a lot worse um, and maybe it's just because you're still overwhelmed by the experience for it to actually uh, kind of shake your psyche this might be something that reverberates later but it is hard to sort of brush away it's like oh it's just a dream you know we all have dreams that you wake up and you're like oh god and you're like oh thank god that was a dream um, and so you don't lose sanity. This felt much, much different. This kid couldn't be. We, we saw, we saw the same thing. Uh, maybe it was just a, a really weird dreams that we both had, and we were sleepwalking. And I don't know. I feel fine now. So how do you explain it, other than uh, it wasn't? How, how do you explain anything that we've seen? Can we just do a Mystery Squad promise here, guys? Can we just <laughs> promise to never, ever look inside an interdimensional painting again? But my God, telling us that's right. You, you and I turned away. You both looked into that curse. I mean, it's got to be connected, right? I can't make any promises with that. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. How are we going? How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to ever uncover any of these mysteries that we've come across if we're not, if we look away? I mean, you can't, you can't blame us for looking. We just, it's easy. You just look at the ground. Wherever we go, just don't make no. eye contact with anybody anymore. Then what are we doing here? If we're not here, go, what's it that you say? Go big or go home? Go home. Okay, that is the... Parlance of our times. Don't go home, please. Don't go home. I'm did not you, going. Did you hear flies? Yes, that's what. Uh, that's what originally I think woke me up. And that that temple, Troy, was that something that we had seen in any of the other paintings? Like, were we in any nothing, of these landscapes? Nothing specific that you you saw, but um, thinking back to. Uh, in fact, what you experienced just that day in the Egyptian collection, a lot of the stuff you saw in that collection, uh, those those motifs, are very were, uh, this was very evocative of some of the stuff that you saw there. And as someone, I mean, what do you, you study all this stuff, right? Like this is right in your wheelhouse. It just, it, it seemed very Egyptian in nature, but at the same time, otherworldly. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything like this before. Carter Vaughn, um, and then like, Feyre's like frantically looks and like just looks through, opens like up her bag and like finds this thing of eyeliner and just starts like on the ground drawing <laughs> the thing that she saw or like tries to. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the artist. I, this is, but this is, 
this is, I know this is not exactly, but this is, this is what I saw and I have never seen. She looks rather like a, I mean, having, having looked at those uh, Egyptological artifacts at Penhu the other day, I mean, this looks rather like the rendering of some sort of pharaoh. Do you think he'll know what this is, or do you think that this is? So, um, what, what the, you guys showed up? You just saw you just saw like a pyramid. What what else was there? Um, um, well, we came into the room steps because we heard the buzzing. <laughs> and this is he was sitting in this chair. He who? They. Is? They. Is a Somebody very was long, here? No, long, tall figure. And it was this chair, but it, it looks like a more ornate. Uh, the room turned into a throne. Everything was spinning at first. And... Do you remember Shipley's paintings? Not the one you, you, you two gazed at, but the ones he had on display. The, the grove with that... A bizarre orgy was taking place, and right next to that, one of a, you know, a crowned, dark pharaoh, as it were, lording over some sort of blasphemous geezer. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! It's getting a little crazy, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. I guess we can bring this up to them. Uh, you guys can describe sort of what you saw, or maybe we act like it's a painting that you saw or something like that, and maybe we can get some insight on it that way when we go to the Penhue. I don't know. Well, we certainly we can't, we can't go in there and, and, and insinuate that we, we actually saw this and they'll lock us away. No, no, no. You just talk about you saw it in a book or something. Yes. Well, they'll also, put us in the, in the asylum there with, with, with Shipley. <laughs> also, the, the figure had a void for skin. Like, uh, like skin, but no... It was oh, I like definitely want to avoid its skin. The, I want to avoid all of him. We're looking into the abyss, basically. Oh, okay. That's comforting. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The ancient uh, and the Israelites escaped from... From, from Egypt. The, the neighboring deities of, of the region. <laughs> Back then, this sort of thought would have, would have made me laugh at so much hokum. The old, the old gods. Uh, Amun-Ra, Moloch, Dagon. But perhaps it wasn't mere superstition. Perhaps these, these were diabolic forces of old. Vested with Luciferian power to loose them. Blasphemies upon the world. And you've seen them. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay, why don't we all just try to get some shut-eye? Uh, or just hang out and play Parcheesi. I don't know. Just something to take our minds off of what's going on here. A, di- a distraction, yeah, would be nice. I don't. I don't think I could. I don't think I'm ready to fall asleep quite yet. Yes, I shan't be sleeping uh, 
how much now. All right, I'm making drinks. <laughs> Capital idea. Yes. You know, Carver goes to the wet bar, just pulls out four glasses. Starts. I was looking, and it's very possible you could play Parcheesi. It debuted in 1874. <laughs> I somehow knew that. That's why I said it. It's like one of the only times I've been right about a timeline. It's the only board game. Yes. Um, all right, so you're going to have some drinks. Um, I imagine at some point uh, maybe your nerves are calmed uh, from some of the sauce uh, enough so that you can either you can uh, either retire back to your room or uh, lay on the couch or just kind of maybe you're, some of you are nodding off as you're talking there. Um in and out of sleep. Either way, the next day, uh, none of you feel particularly rested. Um, although Vaughn did, uh, Vaughn's probably the only one that got REM sleep. Um, <laughs> none of you feel particularly rested, and uh, you have an appointment at 2 p.m. at the Penu Foundation. You also uh, wanted to check up on Inspector Barrington. You tried calling yesterday, and he had left for the day, so you could call again. And then. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of other things you can do. Um, so what uh, what is sort of your pre-2 p.m. plans after breakfast? Unless you like to role-play all of breakfast. Which yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what is this, blood sausage? What the hell is this thing? Oh, that is a specialty. Yeah, I think we'll do it. Uh, yeah, you've got, you know, probably, it's probably later in the morning because you're, you didn't go to bed until late, so you've got a, you've got a few hours. Um, mm. We th- at the Penhue Foundation, there was a library, wasn't there? There was, yes, there was a library um, right down the hallway to the left of that that main hallway, and you saw some people in there studying quietly. I mean, if it's if it's possible to go early, I'm, I'm intrigued by looking, grabbing some Egyptology books, mm. and mm. and sort of like seeing if I can find references to the the figure that um, Sauer and uh, Gibran describe and that uh, Feyre rendered with her eyeliner. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, uh, why don't we call, before we, let's let's head over there uh, early to check that out. Maybe we give a phone call or a little ring-a-ding to this Barrington chap. See. Yes. Um, all right, so give a, you give a ring over to Scotland Yard. Uh, you have the number. You call again. Um... <laughs> Yes, hello, uh, Scotland Yard. Uh, hi, hello. Uh, why do they call it Scotland Yard? We're in, we're in England. I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye. Uh, no. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and you've run yeah. out of quarters to make another call. Yes, hello. And then suddenly Carter's like, um, one, one second. And like puts his hand over the receiver. He's like, what the fuck are we calling them for? <laughs> <laughs> Are we, are we offering our services? What's going on? Oh, Scotland Yards. Okay, let me try to find the. Hurry up! He's he's on hold. Thing again. Um, dun, dun, yeah, what were we doing? Dun, 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 <laughs> we have so many. We have the four. Is it just about like the mysteries, like Inspector the Barrington? Uh, that is a uh, a lead that you have from Jonah right. Kensington. You know that uh, uh, Jackson allegedly met with Inspector Barrington, so. Oh, there we go. Boom. Got it. Oh, yeah. Hi, follow oh, up on, on Jackson's... Uh, hi. Uh, yes, I was wondering if I could speak to Inspector Barrington, please. Mm, oh, yes, and may I ask what this is in regards to? Yes, uh, Jackson Elias. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, hold, please. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Barrington. Oh, hello, sir. 
my name is Carter Tillinghast. I'm an associate, or rather was an associate, of one Jackson Elias. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Elias. Um, uh, what, what is this in, in regards to? Well, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Jackson met with a untimely fate recently. I have heard, yes. Across the old pond, where I'm from. And uh, myself and my associates were wondering if we could come speak to you and just try to gain a little bit more insight into what he was looking into while he was here. We're sort of trying to carry on his work, as it were. Um, uh, yes, uh, I suppose that uh, I could arrange that uh, today. Um, would you perhaps come at... Uh, Time is it now? We have a move there at four, uh, four, four p.m. Four p.m. today. Would that work? I think. I, I think that. Guys, four p.m.'s fine, right? Because even if we're with the pen here. Yeah. Wait, uh, sorry, I'm talking to my various secretaries. Um, yes, uh, I think we can. Uh, we can make that happen. Thank you. Say we. Uh, well, can I have the names of the people uh, that will be in attendance? Oh yes. Name? Yes, uh, Vaughn Villiers, Vaughn Villiers. Uh, of your esteemed uh, countryside here. Yes. Uh, uh, one Feruz Gibran. Right. And uh, uh, Margot. What was it? I'm so Sour. sorry, Mark. Sour. Jesus Sour. Christ. Sour. I'm yes, so I'm nervous uh, right now. Tillinghast. All right. Very well. Uh, uh, and I will yes, see Carter you. Tillinghast, the leader. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will see you <laughs> at uh, uh, 4 p.m. at uh, Scotland Yard. All right. I trust you know the, the way. Uh, yeah, of course. I've, uh, like, the back of my hand, this place. Do we? Just get, to, uh, just get the address. Very good. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Which gives me a great idea. Um, Margo, I'm sorry I blanked on your name. I just, you know, when I talk to law enforcement, I still get the shakes a little. So. Mm-hmm. Another thing to remember is one of the articles you read um, in uh, The Scoop also mentioned Barrington. He was investigating the uh, those murders. Um, so the Egyptian, the pot- potentially yeah, the Egyptian, Egyptian related ones. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. So mm. you've got you know ja- um, Jackson met with him, and then there was also um, this. So it's a good lead to follow up on. So you got a two p.m. and a four p.m. Are you guys renting a car while you're here, or are you just taking cabs everywhere? Um, we- cabs, horses, double decker buses. I can <laughs> Yeah. For um, for now, cabs. I okay, think so. Okay. I don't know. Wheels on the wrong this? side. What the fuck? All right, so let's uh, let's cab on over uh, to the Penhill Foundation. It's your first appointment of the day. You all feel like kind of hungover. Um, <laughs> whether you drank a lot or not, you just feel off from that experience. Um, you haven't been here, but for forty-eight hours less than, and it just you just you're having that feeling of being back in New York where like you're looking over your shoulder at every turn it's just very unsettled um, but you get to the Penu Foundation and uh, Mr. Kinnery uh, Thomas Kinnery uh, greets you at the door again and uh, he's like oh yes uh, wonderful uh, welcome back uh, right this way um, Mr. Gavigan will be with you uh, momentarily now wait you do say you want to show up early yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay, so uh, let me say you're early and the, the doorman calls for Mr. Kinnery. Oh, um, your appointment is until uh, 2 p.m. I, I wish I could get you in earlier, but Mr. Gavigan is uh, very uh, particular about his appointments and he is uh, not available at the moment. Uh, I'm sorry, is. sir. Have we met? 
Yes, we met yesterday, uh, Mr. Thomas Kinnery. Right, uh, of course. Carter Tillinghast. Was <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, wow. How do you know that? Very uh, good, Brett. Yes, yeah, so we, um, not to impose on, uh, on on the schedule, Mr. Gavigan, but um, we're hoping that we might uh, peruse your esteemed foundation's uh, collection once more, uh, in particular the library. Uh, the library? Um, I suppose that would be all right. How much time do we have here? We've got about a half an hour. Uh, yes, that would be fine. Um, uh, Charles, uh, they'll be in the library, and um, I will come and get them. We can't just let anybody uh, walk in there, but uh, you're, you're welcome to. Please, let me escort you. Oh. And uh, Thank you. You're ever so kind, Mr... Kittery. <laughs> <laughs> Kittery, yes. yes of course. <laughs> it's, not, it's very memorable. Um, it brings you up to the door, and it's like, uh, yes, please make yourself uh, comfortable. Just if you um, remove any books, put them back uh, right where uh, you got them, um, if you don't mind. And uh, I'll come uh, come and fetch you in thirty minutes or so. Fantastic. And as he uh, as he walks out, he kind of bumps into a uh, one of the roaming security guards, and he uh, says, "Oh, sorry," smiles at him, and the guard just kind of looks in at all of you, and then walks on. Um, great. <laughs> and and Vaughn is looking for any. Uh, any book that, that that has something with a title like The Dark Pharaoh, um, uh, <laughs> Egyptian cultic lore, uh, um, Egypt and demonia, this sort of thing. <laughs> uh, all right. I imagine all of you have various uh, library use uh, scores, some mm-hmm. better than others. So let's uh, let's just get right into some rolling here with some library use. Now, it, like any skill check, you could push it if you're not happy with your result. You could spend luck to better it. Um, but uh, if you do push it, just what are you actually doing different? Now I look on this side of the library. Great. Right. <laughs> Isn't enough? Um, now I to, put my glasses. I'm gonna crush on. this library use. Watch this shit. Yep, I got an eleven under twenty. <laughs> yeah. Amazing! I'm glad somebody wow. succeeded. Yeah. No, I, I hard failed uh, uh, on that. I I could use some uh, of my luck to try to like if we if we need a certain you know we need some additional resources to look find what we're looking for. Um, I failed pretty badly, but I feel like Vaughn, this was kind of like Vaughn's like whole. This is his little theory that he's cooking. So I feel like he wants really wants to go for it. So I might push this roll. Um, and let's say I'm dragging books off the shelves. I'm making a big unruly stack in the center on a table. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I found some. Really making a hash of things. <laughs> I, think I, I think I got something over here. <laughs> Fun. Hauling, yeah, hauling concordances off the wall, trying to, like, find... Uh, find something useful. Sincata, oh. I'm sure you found something. But, no, look at this. You know, uh, what did you find? <laughs> I don't think he found anything. Just, I, I got, a, got an 11 under 20, guys. I think I. That's great. I failed again. <laughs> I failed the push draw. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. I, I'm gonna. I'll spend some luck just to kind of help out in the. Uh, I got something. Search. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, <laughs> what is it? No, no, no. Feruz wants to push her fucking library. It's good. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't do it yet. I didn't do it yet. Yeah, here's it's a- here's what I'll tell you. If Car- you know you're looking around, Carter rolled. You rolled a success, right? Oh, there yeah. are a yeah. lot of books in here, and they 
solely concern things Egyptian. So uh, in sort of the meta of the game here, just succeeding on a, a single roll may not be enough. However, you start looking and you're like, huh, okay, I think I'm starting to get a handle on how this library is organized. Because um, it's not like fiction and nonfiction and uh, business, you know, there's, there's a, it has its own system. And so you're starting to get a handle on that. But, you know, again, working on the meta of just a regular success, you're like, whew. It would take days to try and find specific information that I'm looking for. Um, so you guys do with that um, information whatever you like. Days, okay. It's all definitely Egyptian. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I'm like, I think I'm getting closer. <laughs> As I'm like restacking books. I'm just, I've got a book on like Egyptian funerary boats. Like, uh, hmm, not quite. Wait, I uh, want to know what happened with Vaughn's failed push. Yeah. Oh, you failed the push. I did, sir. Uh, I missed that. Um, so you, what did you Oops. do to push again? I should have. I, I was, I was just shell. pulling whole shelves out and stacking them up, and like really, like <laughs> look at thumbing through a bunch, one after the other. Um, uh, all right, so you made a, a bit of a bit of a mess, really. I did. And I would say at one point you uh, maybe you're trying to put them back and trying to remember where everything goes, and uh, one of the books kind of falls apart in your hand and you're just holding the cover (laughs) and there's another researcher in the library that just kind of looks up at you recoils a little bit Um, and then um, stands up and walks out Uh, uh, hmm. Uh, well wow maybe if you put it back and pretend like nothing happened (laughs) yes yes uh, just Trey Ghosh I mean, why was it here if, oh. if, if you touch it in a dish? Just, why, why was it even here? Yes, they shouldn't shelve books that disintegrate in a chap's hands. That's on them. put in a special section. You need uh, to get a handle on your man hands. Yes, yes, yes. And he's <laughs> pulling up a heap of pages and trying to cram them back in the in the, in the cover. It's like, <laughs> no one could tell. Um, all right, so what, okay, so I did, I'm, I'm spending my luck. What, do I help, do I find anything? helpful for us. Uh, Alright, so you're, to- you're spending it to go all the way to a hard or an extreme? Um... I can spend one to go straight to hard. That also didn't sound... <laughs> Zoinks. So, okay. Um, I will spend... Let's see, that was just like a regular how much would I need to... I, it's too much to, to spend for like a, a hard success. I'll, I'll spend one to get down to, get down to a hard. Um, we already resolved you. Um, oh, well, but, how dare so, you? <laughs> Fe- you've got a regular success, and it would cost you too much even to spend down to a heart. Yeah. All right, well, here's what I want to say, because I want to give you something. You are looking through these books, and I mean, this is your wheelhouse. This is what you do back at Miskatonic. You feel like you're back in school again. Um... And, you know, Vaughn, this may have been Vaughn's idea, but you just, like, get back into it. This is research. And you start pulling books, and you, you'll you see excerpts noting, like, uh, another, like, passage. And you, you kind of feel like you're on the track of something. You see mentions of, like, uh, a, a pharaoh, and you see mentions of, like, mythical uh, dragon-like creature. And you're like, I am so close to something. And then Mr. Kinnery says, ah, well, I, I, I trust you've, um, what happened to that book there? What book? 
Well, this, uh, this is like this. Um, oh my, uh, uh, just a moment, and he, uh, leaves, and you just hear, like, tup, 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 in the deck, he goes upstairs, and he comes back in with, uh, two men, and, uh, it's like, um, uh, yes, uh, accidents happen, um, uh, please, uh, right this way, um, and favors you just get this feeling, like, oh, if you could just have some more time here, if you could just have uh. some more time here. Right this way, yes. Uh, so, um, please just uh, have a seat, and Mr. Gavigan will be with you shortly. Uh, I have some business I have to attend to. And he just sits at, like, a little desk nearby while you're all uh, standing in front of these waiting room chairs, and he's uh, working away. Listen, listen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to see if I could sneak off to the, uh, to the ladies' room, because I, I know I'm so close. There was something in that book. You have to sift through a lot of hieroglyphic porn, but but I'm sure in there is lies the answer. It's, I'm so close. So just uh, if I say if I need to excuse myself, I just keep a lookout. I'm going. I'm going to try to get some answers. All right. Well, we, you got to be careful because there's those two. Those two people just came in. They looked all grumpy about the book. Yes. I know. You keep a low profile, well, and trying. we'll distract Gavigan and wh- whoever this man is, whatever, whatever God's <laughs> name this fellow's name. Um, <laughs> um, but, I can also, favors if you want, I can go with you, try to distract those guys, so you get more time. Oh, we get right, right, right. Okay, uh, all right, because I'm gonna go. uh, you know, our lady should always go escorted. A lady right? can't pee alone. That would it's, be uncouth. I, exactly. Uh, that'll work. I think. Very well. Hopefully. We'll hold we'll down the fort out. here. Right. So you're trying to do this before the meeting with Gavigan or during the meeting with Gavigan? Simultaneously. Okay. During, yeah. Okay. okay. So All right, so... Uh, no and I will go in and chat. You guys are chatting, and uh, Mr. Kennery is just uh, writing away, and uh, the door opens, and a um, man comes out. He is... Uh, uh, slim, superbly dressed, uh, balding hair, but you can see his like his nails are perfectly man- manicured. He's clean shaven. Um, he's, he's thin, but he's just very, very proper. Maybe like mid fifties. Um, and uh, he he greets all of you and uh, says, uh, "Yes, uh, good afternoon. I, I hope you haven't been waiting long. Um, please join me in my office." And he. Uh, puts his hand out to usher you uh, into his office. Yes, delighted to make your acquaintance, sir. Yes, Gavigan? Yes. Uh, you've, you've been very well tended to by your um, mysterious factotum here. Mr. Tinnery. Um, yes. Tinnery. Mr. Kinnery, yes. And, mm. uh, and yes, he's yes. like, as he's, as he's bringing you in, and, and I've been told by Mr. Kinnery, he shuts the door, that uh, you are from all over. We have a fellow countryman, Mr. Villiers, and then yes. uh, some Americans, and a German, yes? Yeah. It's wonderful, wonderful. Spashing, please. Uh, have a seat anywhere you like. Thank you. Um, there's a few small chairs and two uh, love seats. Everybody roll a spot hidden. I rolled a success. Well, that's good. And I failed, uh, but I'll spend five and make that a regular success. Okay. I failed. Carter and Margot failed. 
however, Vaughn and uh, Favors. You just kind of notice as you're taking a seat, there's like a, um, just out of the corner of your eye, you see a, uh, like a, a very modern looking safe that's built into the floor in one corner of the room, and the door on the safe is slightly ajar. And as uh, Mr. Gavigan uh, swings around to sit at his desk, he, he notices, he says, oh, the fool. And he uh, just kind of shuts it and says, one can never be too careful. And we'll be right back after this break. So you have arrived at the Penu Foundation for your 2 p.m. appointment with Edward Gavigan, the director of the Penu Foundation. Um, he escorts you into his room. After you take a seat, he's starting to go around his desk. He notices he has like a small little safe that's open. He's kind of embarrassingly uh, closes it and says, one can never be too careful. And then uh, as he's sitting down, he says, so Mr. Kinnery tells me you're uh, friends of um, Mr. Elias, yes? Just so. My, uh, we're, we're friends with him. Yes, we my condolences for your loss. I, uh, I had just spoken with Mr. Elias, um, just before the holidays, um, just once, when uh, he arranged an appointment to uh, discuss the work of the Foundation. He wanted to know more about my um, predecessor's involvement with the Carlisle expedition. He was very interested in that. Uh, Sir Aubrey Penhew. This is where the, the building gets its name. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Anyhow, um, uh, Mr. Elias said he was collecting uh, background research on how the Foundation was supporting the expedition. I... I was sorry to hear of his passing. Uh, he was a rather uh, intense gentleman, but uh, otherwise polite and an adequate conversationalist. Adequate? I feel like... A peculiar thing to say. Oh. She, she kind of, like, mutters under, like, not <laughs> audibly, but, like... Yes, so what, um... Did I make a spot racism roll? <laughs> adequate conversationalist. Uh, I mean, it was a, little, a weird thing to say, but, um, it's like, so can I, um, can, may I ask what, uh, what brings you here today to the Penny Foundation? Or to London, as it were, as some of you are, um, visiting, or, uh... Uh, yes, we are trying, uh, we, we, we are kind of following in, the, in, in his footsteps, mm. uh, now, and we heard that... He met with you to uh, talk with you about the Carlisle expedition and Penhu, and uh, I, th that's what we're here to find out what he was talking to you about so we continue his, his work and what you told him. So you are uh, researchers and uh, writers yourselves, yes? Is that what oh, you yeah. are? Uh... She looks at Carter. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so we are above, in, baby. in the company of a very esteemed author indeed. I have a draft, sir. We won't get into it now, but I have a manuscript that was going to blow the doors off the industry. <laughs> well, um... Yes, we've accompanied Mr. Elias not only um, intellectually, but mm -hmm. in the field, <clears throat> as it were. And so we are continuing his labors in the field, um, hoping to fill out the gaps of the, of the larger research that he was conducting. Uh, yes, well, I, I mean, I was quite pleased to talk with him about the Foundation's role in, in grant funding and uh, assistance with arranging travel permits and the like. Uh, we have a number of expeditions that we fund over in Egypt. That's one of the many things we do here at the Foundation. And um, anyhow, the meeting with him was, was quite short, and after bidding Mr. Elias good day, I, I never heard from him again. Yes. Um, is it, is it intellectual, intellectual curiosity merely that inspires your Foundation to, uh, to pursue these... Uh, 
Egyptological uh, digs and, and fund uh, Mr. Penhew's uh, expedition. Was there anything in particular that your foundation was eager to retrieve from the uh, from the continent? Um, are you talking about uh, Mr. Penhew's uh, involvement with the Carlisle? Condolences, expedition? by the way, for him. He bid it, right? Uh, yes, um, yes. Uh, he was my mentor, and uh, frankly, the, the the greatest living Egyptologist uh, in the world. It's a well, shame. I heard about. he was adequate. Uh, no, he was. <laughs> you, you heard incorrectly, ah, sir. Okay. Um, and it is a shame that he got mixed up in that fool Carlyle's expedition. Um, were you not? Uh, were you not on board with with the Carlyle expedition? Mm. He was uh, a bit of an odd duck. Um, Frankly, I wasn't privy to much uh, when it came to there. I was still um, uh, working under uh, Sir Aubrey. Um, but apparently this all began when Mr. Carlyle obtained information from uh, an African woman or so, he said, uh, concerned some shadowy time in Egyptian history about which Sir, Sir Aubrey had been very interested. Evidently, she believed that this uh, this ancient time there was a sorcerer that seemed to uh, rule the Nile Valley, and Carlyle became intoxicated by these myths as <clears> much <throat> as he was by her. Alas, the information obviously proved out to be a hoax, and um, once they got to Egypt, this African woman uh, disappeared with the expedition's ready funds and the amount of some 3,500 British pounds. <laughs> we are judgment of the world now, are we not? Yes, shocking, shocking. <laughs> Uh, Man, I gotta piss. Uh, <laughs> yes, um... Feyruz, uh, you gotta piss too, right? We're, if you would excuse us, pardon the interruption in this uh, delightful conversation. Uh, yes, uh, we'll, I guess, would you accompany me? Yeah, we're, we've been traveling together so long, we're on the same cycle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can see the look of discomfort on Feyruz's face. Like... <laughs> <laughs> a PP cycle, of course. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you better be about it, Tillinghast. Um, well, one, one can't go to the, uh, the facilities without chaperone. Well, I won't take long, but who knows with this woman, you know what um, I mean? It's, it's quite all right. I don't need uh, your life story. Uh, just uh, head out and uh, take a left, and it is the first door to the right uh, with which you came in. Um, it's fine. Thank you. And uh, two of you exit, and... Uh, Kinnery, the, rust, kinda, a, the rustic charms door, of the colonials, yeah. or is it like a? Is there a door to the room that we like? Is it a private? Yeah, like so like you walked thing? into one room with Kinnery, and then uh, you pass through another door to be in Gavigan's office. So now you walk back into the room uh, with Kinnery, and okay. he kind of looks up from his papers. Is there a problem? Uh, uh, just uh, using the restroom. All right, we're on the same cycle. Okay, uh, it's yes. just down down the hall. <laughs> Uh, to the the left, the right uh, side of when you came in, and he points you that way, and the two of you um, walk out. Uh, Do you know nothing about women? <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Yeah, Not let's, lately, uh, no. Let's stay on you for a second. So you you're out in the hallway there. What do you do? So, I just I just need a few moments just just to see if this book that we had has anything in it. Also, do you know that for hieroglyphics, like the, the pornography is quite graphic. You wouldn't expect it, but, but it is. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what that has to do. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's good to know. I'll <laughs> file that one away. <laughs> uh, and if that room is like, do, looking, is are we on, 
are there eyes on us? Are give me a, head back to that library. Let's give me a group. Uh, uh, actually, both of you roll your own individual stealth rolls. I was going to do a group stealth roll, but let's stealth, do a okay. individual stealth rolls. You're just trying to like keep a low profile, just in case. Favors, let me show you something about being a little thing I like to call stealthy. Well, you're a con man, right? I got an eight under sixty-one. Wow. Amazing. Okay, and you got a regular success, Fairuz? I got a regular 58 under 60. Beautiful. All right, so you, you're walking by, the library's empty, and there's no one in the hallway. The oh. doorman, you can see, is is outside the door, and his back is turned to you. But you do know there are guards circling, and then there are random researchers. Um, so time is of the essence. All right, so you, you go in there. You look up whatever you need to look. I'll hang out by the door, and I'll stall anybody that's coming in. Perfect, thank you. No problem. And I'll make my way over to... You duck into the library. Yes. Meanwhile, we cut back to the room with Margot, Vaughn, and uh, Gavigan. And he's continuing. He's like, yes, so she she took the funds. Carlisle counted the lost money as insignificant, but he was deeply affected by the defection of his African lover. Mm. Meanwhile, fearing that the uh, heat and disappointment of Egypt would seriously affect her health, as well as Carlisle's, as they were friends, Hypatia Masters, another member of the expedition, it was she that suggested that the group spend the summer months in the uh, relatively cool Kenyan uplands. Uh, that would afford her a wonderful opportunity to use some new lenses to uh, photograph uh, African wildlife. That was uh, one of the many talents that she had. Now, the papers may have had conflicting stories about this, but this is why they went to Kenya in the first place. And of course, once they got there, the group injudiciously uh, entered a dubious territory and, alas, paid for it with their lives. Um. Hmm. Wow. This was lots of information. Uh, I just couldn't help you. You, you laughed about uh, what they found out about the sorcerers. Sounds so silly. Can you tell me more about the sorcerer? Yes, your foundation didn't give any credence to this theory of Carlyle's at all. Uh, no, but, no. But you funded it. Uh, well, if, if we funded it because Carlyle. Uh, Carlyle, I think Sir Aubrey's took a bit of a shine uh, to Carlyle. And even Sir Aubrey didn't believe in these myths and legends. But he was very interested in that uh, time period. Uh, you know, in our studies, we found uh, there were many mentions of, of the gods and, uh, you know, all these stories that would seem rather ludicrous uh, to, our, uh, to our society today. Uh, now, some people still believe in those things. But as we do more research, we get to the truth of the matter. And I think that's what Sir Aubrey was... Uh, mainly interested in. He was, we were happy to uh, sort of take Mr. Carlyle's money, as it were, um, but his, his interest was earnest. Um, however, it uh, ended up being Sir Aubrey's downfall, aligning himself with that fool. Now, breaking out of this scene for a moment, we, we've mm-hmm. been given to understand, based on the, the papers and things that we've seen, that the justice meted out on the locals who were who were executed for the murder of the Carlisle expedition, we get the sense that that was a total uh, miscarriage of justice, and that these people were blamed for what what seems to be a much more mysterious murder. Yeah, yeah, you've got that sense that like they needed a patsy because Erica Carlisle went over there to like try and find out what happened to her brother, even though like their relationship was strained, and and like she wanted answers, and it seems like. They got those answers, or enough that they were like, all right, case closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was only really Jackson Elias that was like, they're still alive, or there's all this other nonsense. You haven't oh, yeah, heard yeah. anybody else mention right. that. Um, uh, 
Miss Gavgan, uh, <laughs> I wonder if you've heard any of the uh, strange rumors circulating that members of the expedition have been seen. <laughs> no, no, I, I have not. Uh, I've not heard that. Uh, you've been reading in too much of the scoop, Mister Villiers. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. We, we. We have had the pleasure of uh, looking at uh, Mr. Mahoney's outfit, but um, it, it seems as though there some mysteries remain still swirling round the expedition. Um, can you tell me any more about precisely what it was that they were searching for? What, well, this, um, what this lover of, uh, of Carlyle's was coaxing them to unearth? Uh, to be honest, Mr. Villiers, the vast share of the expedition's uh, records were sadly lost in the incident. Sir Aubrey took all of that along with him to work on. I wasn't even privy to most of that. He wanted to bring that with him while matters were still fresh in his mind. I suppose this is what Mr. Elias as well would have loved to get his hands on. To, uh, hmm. Well, wherever Sir Aubrey's remains are, there is that research. Does the Foundation, did, did you retrieve anything? Uh, oh, yes. What they, what they uncovered? Are there any artifacts or uh, papers? That from yes, the expedition? The, the expedition did turn up some interesting artifacts from other periods, um, and, and they were able to dig up a number of test trenches to help continue uh, Sir Aubrey's systematic study of Darshur. Uh, they also found some secondary sites in the in the wastes to the west of the Giza pyramids, and, and some of the artifacts uh, we brought back were loaned to the British Museum, while a few of the lesser pieces uh, came to reside right here in the Penu private uh, collection. Uh, they're not on display at the moment. Uh, they're being curated and readied, but uh, someday they'll, they'll take their place in our display upstairs. You ah, should, so uh, if you have any time, uh, check out the Egyptian collection. It's quite impressive if it's a subject you're interested in. We've had the pleasure, Mr. Gavigan, of looking over your public collection, but you're saying the Carlisle artifacts are not on public display. Yes, those are not for uh, the public eye just yet. They're a series of things we we do whenever um, artifacts and whatnot come back from Egypt. Uh, they have to go through rigorous testing and, and whatnot before they are uh, put on display, study, and what. As a a very wise policy indeed. And here, glancing yes. at the at the safe, one can never be too careful. But yes. um, well, given that we are interested parties, uh, friends of the estimable Mister Elias, uh, and um, I myself, a a personal. Uh, acquaintance of Miss Erica Carlyle. Um, a personal acquaintance of Miss Erica Carlyle? Oh, I didn't oh, realize yes, I, this. Did she I, know Mr. Elias? I don't believe she ever had the pleasure, but um, all of us, um, Miss, Miss Sauer as well, uh, recently attended a fete at her estate. Oh, that's a... Uh... It's interesting. Mr. Car uh, Mr. Carlyle, uh, his, his sister, is a, a woman of means as well. Uh, are you, uh, I didn't realize you were a high society uh, New Yorker as well, Mr. Vaughn. And, and all of you uh, attended this fete by uh, Miss Carlyle. Yes, indeed. But uh, so much to say that um, given as we are interested parties with close connections to the expedition, I was wondering if we might... Um, be able to look at uh, these things that are in the society of yours as a private collection. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, a lot of those items are still being catalogued uh, to be sent into the Egyptian Museum. Even I uh, would uh, would not be able to uh, view them. There are some lesser miracles uh, that were brought uh, to England, though. If you'd like to see them, I, I could show you uh, back to the exhibition hall um, on your way out um, if we are finished here. You yourself have not even looked at them? Uh, but, no, but they are no. on the premises. 
Yes, they are, but again, it's uh, the the temperature. There's a lot that goes into it. I don't want to bore you uh, with the details, but it's not uh, something you can just go in and uh, hold and observe. There's a, there's, a, there's a process that we have to go through to sort of uh, retain some of these things. If you hold them the wrong way, they they crumble in your hand like an old book. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That would be a terribly. <laughs> Wild. Terribly gauche were that to happen. Luckily, we have someone who is uh, um, well noted for their care of um, rigorous care of artworks and is an artist themselves. Oh, uh, I am an artist. You're an artist, an artist and a, a researcher. <laughs> Very you know, interesting. It, it started out as just trying to get inspiration for my art, and then mm-hmm. I just fell in love with the subject matter and traveling with these people and. So Egyptian art in particular interests you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Fascinating. What about the Carlisle expedition um, influences your art? Um, oh, about the Carlisle expedition? Yes, well, I'm just trying I mean, to make the connection here. I'm not here. sure if you're familiar with um, uh, De Brooke and, um, oh my God, what's the, what's, the, what's the thing that's happening right now? Uh, with uh, art. Oh. That the guy, what was his, um... The art Miles? guy? No, 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 no. Oh, this is uh, Surrealism. <laughs> My, surrealism. Oh, and you know, uh, so uh, with abstract, abstract expressionism and surrealism and just trying to pull, like, inspiration for making uh, dark subject matter, but also in an abstract, expressive way. Um, I wanted to find inspiration where my peers were not pulling it from. And I found that in my travels to Peru. And... Yes. Peru as well. Yeah, so much to yes. say that we are um, parties who, who will treat artifacts like this with the utmost um, respect as we are experts in the field. And as a personal friend of Miss Carlyle, seeing as you've um, relied on generous grants from that family before, a word from us might open those coffers again if you had the uh, mind to call in favor with us. Um, so, perhaps if you had a mind to do us a good turn, we could do one as well. You are persistent, Mr. Villiers. Um, I, uh, I don't know how long you will be here in London, but there is a chance that some of those artifacts may be making their way back here. As I said, the, the lesser curiosities I can show you on your way out, um, but the other stuff I... Sadly, that it just isn't here right now. But when it arrives, you'll have to leave me your card, and I will, uh, I will reach out to you, and uh, we—I'm sure we could set something up. Can I? Can I roll something to see if he's lying? Yeah, it'd be a psychology check. Great. Um, and Margaret, you can roll it too. Like Skyfall show. Holy smoke! I got a hard success. Four under eleven. Hard yeah. success. I got a fifty under. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? 53. Regular. All right. Hard success and regular success. You kind of think he's not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, but you don't know the motive why. Yeah. It, part, it could be like he just doesn't want outsiders touching those things and he's going to blow you off, assuming that you'll never come back. Or maybe he's trying to hide something. You're not quite sure, but uh, his, his sort of charm makes it difficult to uh, navigate what's going on here. But he's definitely not being... Uh, completely forthcoming with you. Well, it's nice to hear that you have very unique and strict rules regarding your artifacts. When I was in school uh, studying all sorts of things art-wise, we were able to, you know, 
touch artifacts and get special uh, access to things much easier than this. So it is um, nice to see you taking care of such things in a unique way. Yes, I imagine they do things a little bit differently in Germany. And we cut back to the library with Feyruz. Carter, looking around. Feyruz, you're in the library. You've already done your library use role. You've already kind of figured out the system here. You just need time. So now let's do one of your other like specialty roles that uh, sort of link to your education. What's one... What's one that you think really works well here? I can't remember. Do you have like Egyptology I have an, I have, or I have an occult role I could do? Maybe I have cryptology, not Egyptology specifically. Cryptology, okay. Mm, whatever you think is best out of library use, occult or, or cryptology. Let's do an occult role. That's fun. Okay. God damn it! I failed. <laughs> like failed. Like failed hard. So I can't. Uh... While stealthing uh, into this library after lying to pee, do you want to push that roll? I do. Roll. <laughs> I do. So, and uh, it was too much to spend luck on, right? Too much. Yeah, I'm not gonna spend thirty plus points on on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep that economy. Fl- keep that luck economy flowing. I know. Uh, let's see. What? What? How? What would Feyruz do to push this roll? Looking around. And oh, like, how about this? How about? How about? Uh, Carter is just like I don't know how it vis- how visually I could tell you failed a book roll, but it's like ah, Feyruz, Jesus! I thought you were good at this shit. Just something to like rile you up. You know what I mean? Like, so now I roll for feminism. Um. I don't know if you saw me. Yeah, I don't know if you saw me earlier crush my library uh, check there. I don't even. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I went to school. Yeah, maybe maybe she wanting to not be bested by by Carter and and also just really you know what it was she was so thrown off by him thinking that people are on a urination cycle and not a like uh, sink <laughs> instead of a uh, menstrual cycle sink um, maybe she just collects herself uh, you know maybe flips through some of her notes that she had taken down. To just kind of like recenter her focus on what she's looking for, uh, and then try again. Okay, I'm fine with that. Okay. Success. Yes. Success. Yeah. Right, so you're fumbling about the books, and you're just when you thought that you kind of figured it out, you're just like, oh, there's nothing here. But then you notice a book that has several dog eared pages and then several pages missing. But there's one page that's uh, like still hanging on just by a, like you could just pull it right out if you wanted to, uh, like almost like it was meant to be ripped out, but it was left behind. Um, let's go over to the VTT and see what you see. Oh, oh interesting. Go ahead and give that a uh, read, Nora. <clears throat> Rumors continue to persist regarding the French tourists involved in the incident at Saqqara, so badly handled by Mr. Howard Carter, the events of which led to his resignation as Chief Inspector of Lower Egypt earlier this year. It is beyond the scope of this letter to comment on whether or not there is any truth to the tourists having been members of an occult society so beloved by the French in the latter part of the 19th century. Occult? Howard... However, we can say with certainty that there is not, and never has been, any corroborate 
corroborated evidence for a so-called Black Pharaoh. Who? Sorry, just lost my place at the worst spot. For a so-called <laughs> Black Pharaoh who ruled during the Third Dynasty. This figure is merely garbled folktales used to frighten naughty children in the same way that we use stories of Black Shock and Black Annis in dear old England. It's a book titled Proceeding on the Antiquity Service of Lower Egypt. It sticks out at you. And now you said that this is like an easily just like a yoinkable piece of paper? <laughs> Very yoinkable. All right, uh, then I shall proceed to yoink. <laughs> and I kind of like, like wave it over at Carter <laughs> and then like nice work. pocket it. You um, see, I brought the best out of you. Put things back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's quite, uh, quite inspired me, apparently. You make your way back uh, to the office or do you fake pee? Uh, maybe go fake pee and come okay. back out in case there are eyes on us. Flush uh, the toilet. What did I eat? Make a big scene. <laughs> And then come back to the office. You're coming in as uh, they're just Carter. Carter at, at the faucet was just like sprinkled uh, his crotch. <laughs> Make it really so believable. When we walk in, just like sorry guys, as you can see, a little bit clumsy. I'd say I was jet lagged if we didn't take a boat here. Um, he uh, pulls out his pocket watch and he's like, "Well, um, I, uh, I I do appreciate your time here, uh, Mister Villiers. Thank you for." Uh, you play off to get me one of those cards once you have one. Um, yes, um, in a day or two, I'll be right back. <laughs> yes, and you can always uh, call and speak to Mr. Kennery, and uh, we could set something up again. My, my door is... <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> my door is... Uh, our, the, the foundation's doors are, are always open to you, and uh, again, I, I am sorry to hear about your friend. I, I feel as if I haven't been much help, but... Uh, Yes, if you'd like to see those other things, I'll, I can show you upstairs. Um, we, we've, we've had the pleasure of... Oh. And that, he is indicating the stuff we saw, right? Yeah, like you feel oh, like yeah. he's just mm-hmm. going to show you what you already saw. You want right. to see what he's not showing you. Um, uh, you, you um, we've taken up far too much of your very precious time. Oh. And uh, Mr. Tillinghast clearly needs to get cleaned up. So, I'm a mess. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, you silly American, not used to the British bathrooms. Um... Well, it uh, it has been a, a pleasure, and uh, Miss Sauer, you'll have to um, let me know if you're ever doing uh, an exhibition here. I'm uh, I, I don't consider myself a man of the arts, as it were, but I do enjoy uh, taking in a gallery uh, from time to time. I, li- I enjoy the finer things, so uh, please uh, keep me uh, keep me abreast of your work. Uh, certainly, if it has anything to do with uh, Egypt, perhaps uh, the foundation could uh, get involved, as it were. Oh, that would be nice. Yes, here. She draws out a uh, business card because we don't have crispy ones yet. Charming. <laughs> well, um, I have uh, some of the business to attend to, but thank you. Um, good day. Mr. Kittery will show you out. It's Char. I know. Hmm. And uh, Thomas is like, ah, yes, I'm actually um, quite busy at the moment, not to be rude, but um, you know your way. Oh, my God, I didn't even see you there. Jesus. Oh, yes. yes. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, good luck in um, whatever it is uh, you are up to. Yes. <laughs> and you walk out into the hallway, and again, there's that like stairway leading up to the gallery, and that red, that like lone, weird red door. Um, and you just see security guards walking back and forth, and mm. uh, the doorman picks up a phone 
like right near his station. Um, and he turns uh, to look at the four of you and says, ah, it's right this way. Okay. Um, and, yeah. I suppose we'll... We do have I an appointment s- to keep. I don't think Dewey would ever tell us anything else. He seems to not like us at all and was withholding information and... It's just frustrating. I feel like all our answers are here, but no one is giving us anything. Mr. Gavigan is definitely not saying all he knows. There are, there are artifacts from the Carlisle expedition that they brought back that are not on public display. Certainly not that, that ramshackle yard sale they've got upstairs. There's, uh, <laughs> as they we, have like, things they're not showing. As we exit, like, when we're outside, I want to be like, I wonder if we can um, like, come here at night and try to break in. I like the cut of your jib. He did have that safe, and he seemed awful nonchalant about all of these people mysteriously dying, and not a not a mention, as though as though, oh, it wasn't worth his time. And what's yes. up with this red door? You see, it wasn't marched by by a phalanx of security personnel. Yeah. I'd want to slip in myself. Uh, uh, quite a quite a bit of security for a an, an foundation. foundation. Yeah, <laughs> weird. The suspicions truly mount. So I'm, I'm rather inclined to return under cover of darkness, but no peeing on anything, Tillinghast. <laughs> I can't make any promises. No, no promises there. I know it did. Speaking of uh, things that which I like has no I act, but, but just the, the peeing excuse to leave. I did find this little uh, possible lead. Uh, it said when we were looking, talking about seeing if there was anything. Um, regarding a, a black pharaoh, oh. it mentions it specifically here. Now it chalks us off as, as being rubbish, but it does mention a, a incident with French tourists. Incident at Saqqara, uh, one handled by Mr. Howard Carter. So I don't know if if this is something that we could possibly look into for some answers. Yes. Uh, yes, a black flaro sounds, uh, familiar. Yes, all too familiar. I should very much like to pay a visit to this Mr. Carter. Do we know where Saqqara is? Is that like a city, or is that building? Saqqara. Do we know? Uh, is it like, yeah, is there something like we could look up by location to see like what news articles had popped up at that time? I think that I just I think I'm just going to give it to you because I imagine Feruz would know this. Uh, Saqqara is an Egyptian village, and uh, there are pyramids there. Uh, the Saqqara pyramids. It's sometimes spelled S A Q Q A R A um, or S A K K A R A. But the uh, the Saqqara pyramids are sort of a treasure trove of archaeological wonders. You've certainly heard about that, whether you went in depth about it. And they yeah. did make mention of an occult society. That's our jam. It sure is. I love that you rolled an occult roll and the word occult was in the thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's kind of perfect. You guys are walking outside after you're ushered by the doorman. You kind of walk towards the, the front gate. Somebody give me a spot hidden roll. Ooh. Ooh. I love oh. spot hidden roll. Love spot hidden. Oh, oh, so hard. Let me just make sure. Oh, yeah. Six Versus. under 69. Nice. That's extreme. Yeah, I just wanted to say hard. <laughs> uh, all right, 669. Any other successes? Yeah, 41 under 80. 
I did not. I got a 19 under 28. Okay. Nice. All right, so Feyruz and Carter, you notice at the same time as Margot, just this, like, dark blue truck that's kind of pulling around and, uh, go, like, going towards the back of the building. It just, like, looked like there were, um, the guys inside just look kind of shady, like, kind of out of place here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Margo, you notice that there's writing on the truck that says Ferris and Sons. Whether that's important or not, you know. Ferris and Sons. And the car, uh, the the truck kind of pulls around and uh, it goes towards the back of the building. And you can hear it, like, parking. Just, the, 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 what really jumped out to you was the the guys inside, look, they didn't look like the people in this neighborhood. They sit here and they have all these rules that we can't go see the artifacts, but these these men in a blue van are pulling in. What's, should, should we give we, a should we just give a little peeky? See what's there? A little stroll. Strange comings and goings. Um now that you brought my attention to it, I was distracted by a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, let's let's go around the building and see if we can peek in and see. Coincidentally, what, um, that cloud also looked like a truck. Yes. <laughs> Stealthily. Oh, wonder is all around you. Quietly. <laughs> you, uh, you go around the building. Do you want to do a, a stealth here? No, sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a group stealth. Who has the worst stealth? I have 46. I, it's probably me. I've got 24. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. I have 60. All right. Oh. Give me, uh, give me your stealth there, Vaughn. All right. Uh, yes, as, as you'd imagine, a failure, 77 over 24. <laughs> All right, so you're just kind of like you're on this main street, and Vaughn, you go, uh, you're, you're with them. And you're like, I, there's really no place to hide here, but you do your best to just kind of look around the corner. And what I'll say is, from the result of that uh, failed roll, you're you go up around the corner and you see them like a gate being opened and the van driving into the gate and being closed. Now I mentioned that there was like a wall that surrounded the premises of the Penhue Foundation. Um, I can't remember what the uh, the height of it was eight, ten feet, or whatever. You know, it certainly could be scalable, um, but you, you run the risk of drawing even more attention to yourself. It might not be something you want to do as a group. The four of you, if you <laughs> even want to look, because at this point, failure could mean you'd be spotted. Right now, you just like you saw the van pull into like a a backyard area. All right, good maybe enough. we can yeah. make friends with Ferris and Son at some point and get in there. Yes, or at the very at, at least see what we are working with if we're trying to sneak in here later. Yes. So you kind of pop that away in your head and uh, you've got an appointment with uh, Inspector Barrington. Unless there's anything else you want to do here. No, maybe you're going to come back and break in later. Uh, it's looking that way. The mystery yeah, squad if, way. If there's a, uh, I don't know if there's a, let's see, is there any kind of cool skill? Like, since it's daytime, it's probably the best time to, to case it. You know what I mean? Like, look for points of egress or whatever. Yeah, and uh, if yeah, if you do a, if while you're back there, you're just like, oh, we're just walking around, uh, checking out the neighborhood. You see that there is this the double uh, this gate that leads to the a backyard, um, and uh, in fact, the gate you can see through the gate portion. So if you're going to do uh, a, a full circle, you see a, a couple of gentlemen um, lingering outside uh, of this van that says Ferris and Sons on it. And uh, let's see here what I want to tell you. 
Also, I mean, is there like a security guard walking the outside area? No, no, there's just the doorman outside and there were a couple of security inside on both floors. Um, But you, the first thing you notice uh, as you're walking by, because you you don't want to linger and stare, is that uh, the the men are like, they look to be like Indian or Arab, perhaps. And they're uh, just standing there smoking cigarettes, kind of loitering. And then you also notice, um, looks like a big crate um, is being uh, loaded onto the van or off the van. It's it's hard to tell. Like there's a, a crate there. If you want to linger linger a little bit more, you'll know which way it's going. But uh, just you know, like I said, the the the, the gentleman uh, driving the van is what jumped out at you. I'm wondering, and this I'll, I'll in character ask for your opinion on this. So, possibility that that is a Arab gentleman, and culturally, I mean, we do like to acknowledge each other and strike up small talk, and, and when we're we do see each other out and about. So, I could go over there and try to converse with him and just see what he's up to. I don't know how useful that would be, and I don't even know if it's a good idea, but it's there's a, there's a slight possibility that it might work. They're probably about 20, 25 feet away from you, behind a locked, uh, behind a gate, but you could be like, hey! Hey! Yeah, and I'll, and I'll speak to, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, and you don't, uh, I'm, not, I'm just going to do all of this in English, but uh, assume, like, to the listener, um, it's all in Arabic. I'll just greet him in Arabic um, and just... <sighs> say like a hey how's it going and he's looking at the van he he hears uh his mother tongue and uh he sees you as well and it's like uh uh he says something to the guy and uh the guy's like he's like "Eh." he walks over it's like um hello uh (laughs) um do you do work here can we can the rest of us sort of like shuffle away just so she's sort of by herself yeah (laughs) Uh, oh no, I, I I don't work here. I just oh, I don't know why I'm doing it in an accent, uh, in an English <laughs> accent. Also, I'm just doing, uh, oh no, I just um, I I don't work here. I was I had an appointment. I was just but um, I I don't often run into Arabic people very often. So where are you from? Um, I'm Egyptian. Are you are you where are you from? I'm I'm from here now. I. Uh... Well, yeah, all yeah, over, not. all over. Uh, right now, uh, this is my home. You are very uh, beautiful. No, oh, no. I mean, I, I knew what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> oh, boy, no. Thank you. That's very kind. Uh, I'm not from here. I'm Ameri- I live in America now, actually. Yes, I um, can hear it in your accent. You are uh, visiting or... Uh... Yeah, yeah, just, um, you know, on a, on a little... Uh, Little, little research, little, little business, but also uh, here with my fiance, um, ah. who is uh, <laughs> I am I am meeting with later, uh, oh, right after. But uh, yeah, no, I was just, uh, I was actually just ah, in ah, this. Guy yells and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, um, I'm so sorry, they need me," and huh. uh, he just says something uh, uh, goodbye in Arabic, and uh, he's like, oh, "Good, enjoy oh, your uh, vacation," and he goes thanks. and he like puts the cigarette out and he's kind of running back and he's helping uh, the guys load a crate onto 
the Ferris and Sons fan. Um, oh well, if you need a hand, uh, <laughs> like, I, and I just do this to get a little closer. Can I like see what's? Uh... It just looks like a pretty heavy crate that needs like four or five guys to help um, load on there. In fact, it looks like some of the people, some of the guards or people that work at the foundation, are helping load this fan. It's kind of. You know, as you're taking in the scene, uh, casing the joint, uh, this is kind of what you see. And by lingering uh, there and uh, having an opportunity to talk to that guy, you got to actually see which direction it's going. So nice. Okay. Something to pop right. away. Um, I'm going to go back now to my fiance. <laughs> Don't care. Over there. <laughs> Over there. I'll kill him. Um, <laughs> all right. So you, uh, you guys go back and like after a couple minutes, the gates open up and. Uh, the van comes out and just goes. Um, uh, perhaps we could also pay a call on the, uh, the storefront of Ferris and Sons. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could, yes. Um, we'll say we uh, come up on the exterior of uh, old Scotland Yard. Um, so hard to find anything here. I want to ask something, Troy. And yeah. Like, feel feel free to like. I know. Feel free to 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 decline this. But <laughs> um, Egyptians have a very distinct dialect. Okay. Like specifically, like if they're speaking Arabic and there's like a j sound, if they're going to say it as a soft like g. He, I would have to like. Would I? You I would, would know have that. to pick up on it. So like, do is he Egyptian? Are they? Yes, a hundred percent. Now. The other guy was definitely uh, of Indian descent, or like maybe Southeast Asian, not not definitely not Egyptian. Whereas okay. this guy has been a little coy about it. Um, definitely Egyptian. Okay. <clears throat> um, and while I was answering your question, I didn't find Sorry what I was that. looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's only a hundred and thirty-eight page Google Doc. I don't know why As I can't find up, it. I'm just saying we see the old Scotland Yard building. Um. <laughs> abutted a, a, a field by the name of Scotland Yard, hence the name. So it's, it's more of a, a, it's a, it's the name of the locale of the original building. Let's uh, do with the found it. Uh, all right, so old Scotland Yard. You show up at the new Scotland Yard on the Victoria Embankment, and uh, you are led inside and brought to. Inspector Barrington, uh, you like you sit down in a, a small little office area, and uh, moments later, a uh, a man comes in, and he's uh, he's he's thin as well. He's got kind of a clipped mustache, uh, weary eyes, like he hasn't slept, and uh, has a shabby suit on, just a, a brown suit. And uh, he says, "Please uh, sit down. Um, may I ask uh, what brings those of you to London who aren't uh, from here?" Well, it's quite a tale. Uh, we uh, are, like I said on the phone, it's, uh, by the way, Carter Killing Hast. Killing Hast. Yes. Sometimes I say it with a K. That's from the old country. We are, as I said, friends of Jackson Elias. Yes. Who we know was here looking into some things. And um, I guess you could call us detectives as well uh, from America. Um rolls yeah. his eyes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is there? A, is that just a, 
uh, is that just a mistrust of the Americans' ability to uh, deduction? Just because uh, you guys have fucking Sherlock Holmes? Well, no, I apologize. I, I kind of wear my emotions on my face, but um, I've uh, tried to deal with the uh, New York Police Department in the oh, past. Please. and Found them rather... Uh, well, they're not run as tightly as we are, as it no, were. No, tell me, they are uh, just a, a, a bunch of fools, if you will. We had uh, our own run-ins with them as well. Uh, so, Mr. Tillinghast and others, what, what exactly was your involvement with Mr. Elias? When, when you mentioned him, it uh, took me aback. I, I, I saw news of his murder, and uh, mm. I, you know, I'd just spoken to him about a month before. Horrible. I, I made some inquiries with your New York Police Department, but I wasn't uh, given much information. It was, it was part part of a string of murders, perhaps? What, if anything, do you know of his oh. uh, murder? How, how, who is he to you? A good friend. Someone that we uh, went on an expedition with uh, to Peru. Uh, and he then, takes out a pen and is just kind of like listening. And oh, you don't have to write any of this down. This is just more of an anecdote. Is <laughs> any kind of... Is this evidence? What's going I, on? No, don't mind me. I just... Uh, creature of habit. It might be nothing. Might as well be just scribbling. Okay, well, uh, you on. seem like a good chap. Uh, we, uh, yes, so we went to Peru, uh, had uh, some adventures with him there. Unfortunately, we're all in New York at the time of his passing and did, uh, because of the aforementioned uh, ineptitudes of the NYPD, yes. uh, had to take matters into our own hands uh, and discovered uh, the involvement of a cult that uh, were guilty of his murder. Kind of sits back in his chair. Tell me more about this um, cult. Yes, it was called the Cult of the Bloody Tongue. Uh, and actually, uh, upon our arrival here uh, on your shores, yes. we uh, discovered that you guys are having your own little bits of problems. I can see uh, with this uh, just scanning quickly. Uh, something going on here with some uh, murders. Out, <laughs> some murders uh, that have Many been happening. Murders. The Potentially Egyptian-related? The Egyptian murders, yes, yes. I have been investigating what has come to be known as the Egyptian murders for nearly a year. A year? My, yes, my uh, predecessor on the case, uh, a man by the name of Inspector Gregory Munson, a good inspector and a dear friend. Uh, he disappeared mysteriously during the investigation. It was his before it was mine. And Sounds familiar. He's never been found. I assume he got too close to the culprit or culprits and was assassinated. Thus, this case has become rather personal uh, for me. I take my involvement in it very seriously as I have no intention of ending up like uh, Inspector Munson. Um, but to be fair, I'm kind of at my wit's end with it, which is why I took this meeting in the first place. Well, look no further because we are the Mystery Squad and we our have job is to solve mysteries. Yes. We have so much in common with um, what we know, how we came to be in the situation with investigating something and stumbling upon it, and I feel like you and I could, we, we could all help each other. And where are you from? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm from Germany. Germany. She'll talk. British, and, and you, young lady, did you find the bathroom all right? Oh, yes, I just, uh... Sorry, <laughs> I didn't have to pee. You know, usually we go in groups uh, for 
cycles. Uh. All right. I've heard that's an American thing, that you travel together and you all pee at the same time. Um, anyhow, yes, what I was saying um, to your friends uh, is that, uh, you know, we, we've been investigating this for a while and I'm... Uh, kind of at a loss. There has been very little leads, and the leads that we have had have all led to dead ends. When you mentioned uh, Mr. Elias on the phone, I, I, I jumped at the opportunity, uh, because he was one of the few people I spoke to that uh, seemed to be uh, interested in this as well, so this may lead to nothing, but uh, I was happy to take the call. However, you know, I should warn you, this is not um, something to take lightly. I don't know if your interest is just in finding out more about what happened to Mr. Elias or in what is happening here in London, but uh, I would tread carefully either way. Oh, we are the carefuliest of treaders. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's part of why we're here is to keep following these threads and to make sure what happened to Jackson and perhaps to your partner uh, doesn't happen to anyone else. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying, Mr. Tillinghast. It's like, leave the police work to the detectives. Leave that to Scotland Yard. Um, otherwise... Yes, but perhaps uh, if we could share information, it seems to me that um, if you are hitting a wall with the New York constabulary, which we found to be riven with corruption down to yes. its very core, we may be able to um, assist you with what we know with our uh, rather intimate knowledge of the unfortunate death of Mr. Elias yeah. and of a little, so many innocent New Yorkers. A little quid pro quo, which makes sense because you guys have the quid as part of your uh, monetary funds, no? Very good, Mr. Tillinghast. Um, well, let me ask you, what do you know? You mentioned a cult, that this uh, murder was somehow tied up in a cult, he looks down at his notes, of the bloody tongue. Perhaps you could tell me what you know and then I will uh, discuss with you some things that I uh, talked to Mr. Elias about. Well, we did actually see them in some of the members in person. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, Mrs. Penn, you saw some of these cult members. You saw the murder? You're not talking to some amateurs here. We got into some scraps. Surely you don't mean you saw the murder. We, we just stumbled saw the, upon we... the body of, of Mr. Elias, found his murdered body, saw those who took his life escaping. And what's more, we were able to track them to their very native root and source. Is that so? It seems your papers are as corrupt as your police department. There was no mention of witnesses. It was written off. That's because we're professionals. It's fascinating. And also because the the, the circumstances around the case uh, really strain credulity. But I swear to you that what we saw is true. A, A strange occultic organization, it seems African in origin, operating out of New York, um, killed Mr. Elias for getting too close to them. And they were kidnapping other people in the city um, and killing them. We believe they're not just confined to New York, but would have ties to other places around the world. And, And you said yourself, there are strange occurrences happening here. We fear that this organization may be global in its ambitions. Clearly, friends, Mr. Elias, because your theories and um, research, as it were, seem to align with what he said. Now, mind you, I only talked with him briefly, 
but uh, he had come, not unlike you, inquiring about his murders. And it was his belief that they were ritual killings conducted by an Egyptian death cult. What did he call it there? <laughs> there it is. The uh, Brotherhood of the Black Pharaoh. And we'll see you next week. Oh my God. Troy! <laughs> Coming together. Scotland Yard! <laughs> it's new. Finally gonna get an answer. Now we can all go to the bathroom. At the same time. <laughs> all of us together. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> It's time to make your membership official. Become an official member of the Nash today at jointhenash.com. That's jointhenash.com, where you'll get access to exclusive podcasts and live streams you can't find anywhere else. See what everybody's talking about and join the Nash today at jointhenash.com.